You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, and Chase, this is the actual recording. I, I know you look a little shocked. Um, Bolts broadcast, Mike Mitchelson, Chase Grasha. How you doing? Could be doing better, especially as I'm reading the news after that expansion draft just happened. Apparently, Seattle made no trades with any teams prior to the expansion draft. So that roster was just Ron Francis choosing his favorite players. Uh, we were watching it and we are together right now. And this is kind of weird. We, we've done a couple of recordings recently where we have been together, but we use our own mics, own setups, everything like that. Right now we're back to the old school setup, the one mic, both of us talking in it. And, uh, it's, it's going to work perfectly, but yeah, that watching the draft as a whole, it was terrible. And then you said uh, any trades that may have happened won't be announced till 1 p.m. tomorrow. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's trades. So, OK, that makes a little more sense. Well, now you announce that. Yikes. Yeah, I, I was literally reading that tweet as you started like welcoming us in. And I was like, OK, I'm I'm off to a, a bad mood to start this episode. Just bad. I <laughs> well, let's run through some of the picks here. Um, I, I think the one you were most surprised by uh, Columbus. It seemed like Max Domi was the locked pick, right? Not the case. Gavin Bayreuther is a legend, apparently, in Ron Francis's circle. Uh, in case you don't know who Gavin Bayreuther is, don't worry. Mike didn't either. I barely know the name. Uh, I, I I know the name. I don't I couldn't tell you enough about the player. If you had to ask me to explain his game, couldn't tell you a damn thing about it. I know he plays defense, and I think he's a right-handed shot. That's all I got. You know what I could tell you about him? Let's hear it. He's Ben Lovejoy's cousin. Oh, yeah, true. So. <laughs> a, 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 11 NHL season veteran ben ben right yeah yeah when that pick was announced i who that exact response there um one of the many shocking picks uh, another one coming from the buffalo sabers going will borgen and it's a little bit more um i guess okay that they went that route because buffalo they didn't have a ton of great players or anything like columbus having max domi out there but Will Borgen, another pick that you were like, oh, my gosh, this is real. Because we saw a lot of leaks earlier on today, but we decided let's turn off all the Twitter and stuff. Let's watch it live. And this this pick was right. You were shocked. Will Borgen's not going to be an NHL player for Seattle. Like, he's just flat out not. And I get you need to you need to have players in your farm system and, you know, hope they can develop. That's fine and all. But, like, if you're going to do that, you know, go someone who actually has a legitimate chance of developing. Um 
you know, like if you, if you turn to Carolina, for example, they take more geeky, who I think is a fine NHL player. At best, he's a fine NHL player. He will never be anything more than a fine NHL player. When you have a guy like Jake Bean, you have a legitimate prospect there and you choose to pass on him. I know there wasn't really the option in Buffalo, but this is why they went Will Borgen. But at that point, you go with a guy like, you go with a Cody Eakin or, or, or a Zemius Gargenson, someone who plays a soundproof NHL game. Those two guys are soundproof NHLers. They're not going anywhere. They're, their games will last in every single generation of hockey. That's that's like the technical, like ideal NHL player right there. You take those types of guys to help kind of build your culture and build your identity, and then you can you know supplement around them in free agency and in future trades and stuff. You don't take defensemen who don't really have much upside. If he's an NHL player, he's your sixth or seventh defenseman at best, and it's not going to be the season either. So I, I'm just not a fan of this pick at all. And before we hop into some of the other headlining picks, let's hop right into Tampa Bay. They take Yanni Gord from us. Not a huge surprise for us. A good player. We're going to miss him. But at the same time, we've talked about it. Them taking a Yanni Gord, it helps clear some cap space. It helps us out a little bit. It, it needed to happen at the end of the day. Um, you know, People, I, I've seen a lot of Bolts fans like saying they hope they take a Kellen foot, for example, because at that point, uh, Breeze Ball can just go and trade Yanni Gore and Andre Plot and, and get these great values for them. But NHL GMs are, are not stupid. Some of them are, but most of them aren't. They're not, especially in this situation with the flat cap and their owners being tight on money, they're not going to overpay to get these players. They're going to heavily underpay, especially knowing that Tampa's going to be desperate at that point. They would easily underpay. You know, they'd be like, no, we're not helping you out. You're going to help us out, and you're going to give us this player at a decent value. So this is better off. It gives them less pressure to make a move, and they can hold on to that value and, you know, push for as good value as they can, you know, just losing just cap completely for nothing. It is what it is. Um, it sucks that Yanni Gord is gone because, you know, I, I like him a lot as a player, and he plays a great role in their Tampa Lightning system. But I think he's going to be a pretty key player for Seattle with the roster that they've built so far. Uh, they're going to add more in free agency, of course, but I mean, right now, like he's probably the guy up front. Absolutely. And we talked about it during watching the the stream that Yanni Gord, Jordan Eberle, two players that have gone far in the playoffs back to back years. Now they come to a Seattle Kraken team that really doesn't look great. How does that feel as a player going to a situation from a situation where you won the Stanley Cup back to back years or you were this close from getting to the Stanley Cup back to back years? to now going to a team where it, this isn't going to be a Vegas scenario. No, it is not at all. And there's two sides of the coin, really. So, you know, first side is, yeah, I'm le- I'm leaving this team that was an ultra-talented team. I just, you know, Yanni Gord's case, just won back-to-back Stanley Cups. Jordan Arbley's case, uh, we're building something special here, and we have a real chance, you know, just with a piece or two, and, like, we could be that, that Stanley Cup winning team. Um, so, you know, it sucks to leave those types of teams. But flip side is, all right, clearly this expansion team wants me more than my original team wanted me. Uh, that means they believe in me. That means they, they have faith in me. They're going to try to, you know, get everything they can out of me. They're going to give me every opportunity to succeed. To succeed. So there's definitely, you know, pros and cons to it. So like, it is what it is. Um, Yanni Gord, he obviously, you still want to win. And when you're in the NHL, you want to win, of course. But I think he's sweating a little less coming off of back-to-back Stanley Cup wins. He can go somewhere, play a big role. You know, if he can keep improving on himself a little bit more, make some more money off of his next contract. And a guy like Jordan Arbley, I mean, I, I think it, it hurts him a lot more than Yanni Gordon. Like he's someone he hasn't been on a lot of successful teams in the NHL. You know, not till he got to the Islanders, it was just all a mess in in Edmonton. Um, and now when that team looks like they're doing something good, he has to go kind of restart in Seattle. Um, I I don't I it, I don't know what his contract length is left. I don't remember. But unless Seattle has a quick turnaround, I can't imagine him being there very long. Absolutely. And Chase, let's talk about some of the 
headlining teams that we're looking at. Vladimir Tarasenko, the first one. It's a 40-goal score. It kind of feels like a no-brainer, but at the same time, it obviously wasn't because Ron Francis and the Seattle Kraken, they go Vince Dunn here. I I get that there's some behind-the-scenes stuff happening in St. Louis, and that's why the relationship there has crumbled. But I can't help but think, unless there's something really bad, like a, a legal scenario or Tarasenko going, I'm just going back to the KHL, don't bother – Unless something like that's happening, I don't see why you don't bring him in. There has to be legitimate health issues or something. A legal scenario we would have heard about at this point, there has to be legitimate health issues um, as to why there's a little bit of concern. And he has had multiple shoulder surgeries, so that is definitely going to play into it. But at the end of the day, like you you just, you just take a chance on a guy like that because he has that supreme skill set. Um, you know, I like Vince Dunn a lot. I think Vince Dunn is a very quality NHL defenseman, and he should you know be playing a pretty decently sized role for this Seattle Kraken team just because of his pure ability. But at the end of the day, if you were trading both those guys, I think you're getting more in a trade for Vladimir Tarasenko, um, as long as he is truly healthy, than Vince Dunn. Um, they're going to look to keep Vince on, I'm assuming, because of his age and stuff, and, you know, see what they can build out of him. But I don't know how much better he gets than he already is. You know, he's not someone who's going to be a top-air defenseman. He's just kind of, you know, that middle-pair guy who can provide some offense. And make sure to stay tuned for uh, later in this episode because this is our draft episode. We are going to be covering a lot of stuff about the draft, some of our favorite players that you might not have heard yet, and we're going to be doing that just after our quick reaction here. Um, Carey Price, it, it seemed like he was a star player. You said that you would bet money that he doesn't go there. That was the case. He didn't go there. And before we talk about who they actually took, let's talk about their goalie situation. They could have had a Carey Price. They didn't. They could have had a Capo Kakinen, who you really liked. They didn't go that route either. However, they did get two goalies that you projected. Yeah. So, Chris Stranger and Vitek Vanacek, or Vitek Vanacek, excuse me, two guys that are, you know, they're legitimate NHL goalies. So, I understand if you don't want to go Kakinen because of that, because you already have your two NHL goalies. Um, but at the end of the day, like, Kakinen's a guy you could probably get a decent chunk for in a trade. You know, Aiden Hill just went for a second, and having Kakinen's proven more as a future, you know, like, starter in this league than Aiden Hill has. So, you know, you could have drafted and, and traded, did something like that. Uh, instead of go Carson Soucy uh, from Minnesota, which is a fine pick, you know, a fine player, but nothing more. But I do think that the two goalies that they have that are going to be their NHL goalies in uh, Dreger and Vanacek, I think that's a solid tandem. If they end up playing, you know, pretty well, kind of like, you know, Vegas that first year, they kept winning by committee at the goalie position. Every goalie that went in and started for some reason just happened to play well, and they went through seven goalies that year. Um, you know, if something like that is to happen where like, they can play together and like play well, then they have a chance of being an okay team. But, you know, at the end of the day, goalies are weird. Dreger, he's just come on to the scene as an older goalie. Uh, Vanacek's still young, so I, I believe in him more than I do Dreger long-term. Um it's really just going to be kind of a wait-and-see thing. Um, I think that they could have success, but I just don't want to bank on it either. Thoughts on their third goalie, Joey Dackard? No, I'm not a fan of that pick. I, I like. I, I don't think he will ever be an NHL goalie for them. It's kind of like the uh, J.F. Rue pick that Vegas had. It's just a minor league goalie is really what it comes down to. I don't think Joey Dackard will be more than a minor league goalie. Um, if he is, it'll at best be an NHL backup, which is still a role that you need in the NHL, sure. But, like, I would have easily taken Chris Tierney from the Senators. I think Chris Tierney is on a solid contract, someone who would go in, and he would play a decent role for them right away. He would, at worst, be their middle six center, if not guaranteed in the top six. Like, he, he would be a legitimate player for them. 
but said you you know you go with the kind of goalie prospect who isn't necessarily a highly touted prospect either. Uh, I don't know. I just don't love it. And the last thing I want to mention about the expansion draft and the results from it, and feel free to add something if you want to. Uh, Montreal, they don't take Gary Price. They take Cal Fleury. They also got Hayden Fleury out of Anaheim. So the Fleury brothers going to be together on that decor. I think that's a really cool storyline, and that's something I'm really looking into uh, or looking forward to when it comes to the Seattle Kraken team. Yeah, but it is very cool. And they're both legitimate NHL defensemen at this point. Um, they're going to be probably... Th- I'd have to say at least like three guys that are probably traded from the Seattle team before the season starts because they do have too many defensemen just, just flat out. Um, but I, I think Hayden and Kale are both going to be NHL guys, you know, from the get go. It'd be cool if they can pair up, um, you know, th- th- that'd be pretty fun to watch. And I really like Kale Fleury. You know, I, I there's still like three guys from Montreal would have taken probably before him, but it's not like it's a bad pick or anything. I think he's, you know, a, a legitimate option from the Montreal Canadiens and Hayden Fleury was my dude from Anaheim anyway. Um, I don't think they should have taken anybody else. So th- that works out. Uh, it's a pretty cool story. I'm sure it had a little bit to play in it as well. And also, Ron Francis, Hayden Fleury was an original draft pick of his too. So, you know, it all just comes full circle. To end it here, what are your final thoughts? Give me a couple words on the final thoughts of the draft as a whole. Um, I know when you were coming over, you said you weren't sure if you'd be rooting for the Seattle team anymore. I'll still root for them. I love the jersey. I love the logo. You know, I love a lot of what they did pretty much from the coaching hire and forward. I have not really liked a lot of what they did. Um, you know, I'm going to root heavily for Jared McCann because I've loved Jared McCann since he was with the Sioux Greyhounds in the OHL. Uh, you know, Mark Giordano is a player I've always liked as an NHL guy. Uh, he should go and he'll probably be the team's first captain. Uh, you know, so there's definitely names to root for on this team and guys, you know, that I'll be watching closely. But, you know, at the end of the day, how good are they going to be this year? I, I don't know. I don't have a, a lot of faith in them. I'd, I would safely say there's no, like, legitimate chance with this roster right now that they have a Vegas run. I know Vegas' roster changed, you know, a bit before the season started, too. They've got a lot of money to spend in free agency, so there's going to be some changes. I just don't know what the draw is going to be. Like, I don't know how they would be able to get a Landis Cog or a Taylor Hall or, a, hell, even, like, even like a Jaden Schwartz. Or, you know, like, like one of those guys, for example, just um, on an expiring contract. I, I don't know what, like, they'd have to probably overpay at the end of the day. And I don't think that's a good strategy. Yeah. I think overall I would say underwhelming. Um, I at first thought disappointing, but I'm not really disappointed. I'm just a little underwhelmed. I'm still going to be rooting for the team. I really like their jerseys. Um, and there's some good storylines to follow like the flurry brothers. Also, you mentioned Jared McCann. Absolutely love that Toronto traded a prospect and a pick to get him just to lose him. Yeah, that, that was weird. Like, I guess, you know, if, if you look at it that way, like they were like, okay, we'll be happy with either Jerry McCann or Alex Kerfoot if we can keep one of those guys. I guess it's probably the, maybe the way they looked at that is my guess. Um, so, a, a, you know, you lose a guy that you had no ties to, yeah, he didn't play for you. Toronto Maple Leafs fans got excited for about three days, and now he's gone. So it's kind of funny. Um, but, yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's not like Hollander is a special prospect, but, I mean, it's, it, he could be an NHLer, but, like, it's not like a special NHLer or anything. So it's, it's not the end of the world, but it's still kind of funny. Absolutely. Well, that's going to be it for our expansion draft talk. We're going to hop into the NHL draft now. And Chase, the NHL draft, this Friday it starts. Saturday it wraps up. The NHL draft is always an amazing time. We love the NHL draft. We love prospects. We love doing anything when it comes to the younger players coming up into the NHL. It's always such a fun thing to talk about. So 
That's what we're going to do. We got a couple guys we really want to talk about. Um, Chase, he has his own rankings on his Twitter account. He also made a mock draft that we're thinking about putting up on the Bolts broadcast. So a lot of fun to talk about here. Chase, do we want to just hop in right away to some of the specific guys we want to talk about? Or is there something else you wanted to go with? I'll just preface it with this. Um, I'm sure you've heard it from me already. I'm sure you've heard it from other outlets as well. It is an underwhelming draft class at the end of the day. Uh, there's going to be an NHL talent. There's still going to be guys that are going to come in and you know be producers. There's going to be plenty of people that exceed their expectations, just like every single draft season. But as a whole, you know, as prospects, it's a bit of an underwhelming class. So we could see. I honestly think if there's a year for draft picks to be traded, this is the year because teams feel like they're a little more disposable. So you know, like pick. For for example, pick ten through pick like forty. Honestly, you could you could almost argue it's the same pick because the, all these guys like there's you know there's like some t- talent levels like some guys are going to deserve to be more first round than second round, but like the difference isn't necessarily quite large. So I think this is a year where we could really see some draft picks moving, and like I hope to God we do because the day one of the draft is usually pretty boring. Yeah, absolutely, but I would say one player that doesn't fit the the role of disappointing Jesper Wallstadt, your number one guy on your rankings, uh, a goaltender who is getting as much hype, if not more, than Yaroslav Askarov last year and Spencer Knight two years ago. Why is he so special? So really what comes with Wallstadt is, um, you know, he's not this just like, you know, ridiculous um, athletic type of freak. He's not this ridiculous technician. He just does, you know, he's kind of like a, a whole package type of thing. It's more it's more of like what Spencer Knight does than what uh, Yaroslav Askarov does, in my opinion. Um, he's he's a very strong goalie. He clearly understands and reads the game well. Um, you, you can tell he has strong hockey awareness and vision. Uh, he's always in great position. He makes, you know, great, like, you know, cross-crease saves. Um, he, he's got a strong glove, strong blocker, strong stick. He's, he's good passing the puck out, too. He does everything you want out of your legitimate number one goalie, and he's the only player in this draft class that can truly be the best at his position in the league. There's nobody else in this draft class that has that type of ability. Um, I'm, I'm the only person I've seen have Jesper Walsh as their number one player. I haven't seen it anywhere else that I've looked. Um, if, if someone else has, please let me know. Cause you know, I'd love to connect with that smart individual right there. But at the end of the day, the NHL draft, like it is a crapshoot. It is risk management, but if you're a bad team, uh, you know, wouldn't you want to take the shot on the guy with the highest upside? You would think so. Yeah, so I, I I would say like Walshett's pretty easily that guy for me. Um, you know, there's another guy named to it that I don't have in this list of guys we're gonna talk about, but Kent Johnson, he's another super high upside guy. So like, at the end of the day, you know, the NHL draft should be about, you know, like managing risk, but it's also, you know, you should be taking chances. And sneak peek at the mock draft Chase made, he has Jesper Wallstack going number six to the Detroit Red Wings. Why would this be a good fit? Well, Keith Batrazelli was the Red Wings' only legitimate goalie prospect in my eyes, and he made it known that he will not be signing with them this season. He will be heading um, out as a college free agent, so he'll be able to sign in the month of August, August 15th. If, if that's usually what the date is. I don't know if it's different this year or not with the season being you know later on. But they don't have that goalie anymore. You know, They have some guys that are solid, but probably you know at best they could be like a 1B type of goalie or a backup. Yes, for Walsh, that would become like the goalie prospect in, in your pipeline. You could let him stay over in Sweden for a season, maybe even two. If you need him to come over, I think he's one of maybe two or three NHL like guys that could actually be NHL players if you really needed them to. But there's no need. You can let him go over. He can become a you know like a full time starter in Sweden instead of kind of splitting duties like he did this year. Um, he he's got a lot of ability. He's got a lot of room to grow, and he's already borderline an NHL talent. Like it just it makes so much sense right there. And then we move on to another goalie here, 
and it's a guy who could go in the first round legitimately. And when's the last time we've seen two goalies go in the first round? It's been a while. Yeah, I legitimately, off the top of my head, I, I don't know when. Yeah, so Sebastian Casa also joins the ranks of being a very talented goalie that could be gone after the first round. What are your thoughts on him? So the, the, the thing the thing is with Sebastian Casa, I, I like him a lot too. Um, I think there is a decent difference between him and Walsh. I think Casa should be a first round pick though at the end of the day. He's someone who could also, you know, be a legitimate starting goalie. If you can get a legitimate starting goalie in the first round, especially at the tail end of the first round, that's good value. Uh, a team like Edmonton is someone that really sticks out to me. He's already with the Oil Kings in the WHL. Uh, the Oilers, they re- really desperately need, like, a true goalie prospect and cost to be that type of guy. Uh, he's someone who's going to he's gonna go back to junior for two more seasons. He's going to kind of finish that out. But he's got the size. He's got the athletic build that, that you want to see out of, you know, goalies. He is, you know, he's really strong and composed in his crease. He's just someone who's... He plays the goalie position the right way, and it's someone that you just kind of look at his raw ability, and then you see his production too. And, you know, it, it leaves it, it leaves a good taste in your mouth. Let's put it that way. He, he's someone who you know he's probably two or three years out still, but he is a legit, very, very, very legitimate goalie prospect. Yeah, well, going in the first round, I would have to say so. Yeah. Um, there's the talk on the two goalies we wanted to mention. We've got three defensemen we want to talk about, four forwards, and if you want to know about a certain player. Go ahead and just tweet at Chase, at Chawdust. He'll uh, be sure to let you know what he thinks about them. I have to say, though, be ready for an honest opinion because if you come at him and ask him about a player he doesn't like, he's going to straight up say that. I mean, there's been a couple players over the last two drafts that he hasn't liked, and he's he's made sure to voice his opinion on them. Yeah, I, I want to be right at the end of the day. I, I want to be an NHL GM. I want to prove my right, you know, like through the scouting ranks, prove myself, and I'm, you know, currently a junior hockey scout. And I'm currently an assistant GM of junior team. Not a big deal. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I have these positions. Cause I'm trying to build a career in this. So I'm not going to be coin big. Yeah, you know, this guy's solid for sure. If I don't think he's a, you know, a legitimate prospect, I'm going to share that. Like, there's no reason for me not to. Like your boy Hendrix Lapierre. And then uh, or you disliked how much hype he was getting, I should say. Yeah. And then um, who was the kid that went to Washington in the first round? Who was like 20? Oh, he, he went in the second round, but oh, Brett, okay. Brett Leeson, yeah, no. Like, the fact that he was getting first-round hype was a joke. He's, you know, like, he's got NHL size, and he has NHL skill, but you don't draft overagers in the first round for a reason, or, like, re-entry players for a reason, because if they were truly, you know, that player, odds are they would have went the year before. There's very few cases where that jump is acceptable, in my opinion, and that's only for second-year draft-eligible guys, not third-year draft-eligible guys. And we do have a re-entry player that we're going to talk about here soon, but we're going to move to defensemen first. Chase, let's talk about your favorite defenseman in the class, your second favorite player in this whole draft class. Who's that? That is Brant Clark. Uh, if I was Buffalo, I would be taking Brant Clark first overall. I, I wouldn't take Jesper Walsh at the end of the day because I think Uka Pekalukunen is a also a legitimate goalie prospect. And you just don't need two of those in your system. They just need to try to get in you know, as much talent as possible. So you might as well go a guy like Brant Clark. Thing is, he's got he has to go back to junior for at least a season. He's he's a kind of you know like tight skater. You know he, he you know his knees aren't you know very flexible. It's and it's something he's really got to work on. I think he's he's bound to work on it. It's going to take some time, but it's something that's going to work out of his system. Other than that, he's a supreme offensive defenseman. Um, you know, he, he plays the game like like an Eric Carlson light type of player offensively. You know, he's just he reads the play incredibly well. Uh, he is an incredibly gifted passer and defensively he's improved. He was kind of rough defensively as a rookie in the OHL, but he really imp- improved on it from what we could at least see from this year. You know, I didn't really get to watch him a lot, him being in Slovakia. But when I did get to see him play, you know, internationally and stuff, 
He looks like a completely different player from when I saw him live, even two seasons ago. He is legitimately my favorite skater in this draft class, and uh, he he would be yeah the number one skater I would take. And a right-handed shot on top of that, a, oh, yeah. a right-handed defenseman that could put up points is a premium in the NHL. So definitely a player to look out for. And honestly, the only defenseman that I know on this list. So the next two names you're really going to have to go into, Chase. I'm going to be no help for you whatsoever. But the next guy you have, Olin Zellweger. There you go. Yeah. Look at that. So, yeah, Olin Zellweger. This is a really rise up the board type of guy. So he could go first round, could not. Um, this guy and the next defenseman. The next defenseman will not be a first round pick. Um, but so Olin Zellweger, he is someone who's, who's really come on. Um, his his first season in the WHL, very, very underwhelming. You know, he was not looking as too special of a player. Uh, he played on, on a Everett team where he didn't really get a lot of opportunity to get a lot of ice time. But this year, you know, WHL had a shortened season. He was able to get in, and he all of a sudden looked like a completely different player on the ice, looked like an absolute offensive force. Goes to the U18s. is a surprising invite. No one expected it, and he dominated. He was probably the best offensive in the tournament. Uh, he really has come on this season. It's it's almost, you know, it's not the same, but it's like, you know, in football, like a Joe Burrow type of jump where, like, it's kind of underwhelming uh, the previous season, but all of a sudden he's a legitimate prospect. Uh, I, I really think Olin Zellweger should go in the first round. I don't know if he will for sure or not, just because of the jump. He's a smaller defenseman, but I mean he he skates incredibly well. Just like his pure skating ability, uh, the, the the way he looks when he's skating, how fast he actually moves, his acceleration, it, it's all fantastic. Uh, he's you know he's a tremendous passer. He's great with with the puck on his stick. He's got really everything you want out of a true offensive defenseman. A smooth skating defenseman and it, elite prospect says his posture is nearly perfect. And then I look, and he's only 17 years old, won't hit 18 until September 10th. So a guy that is this young and is already skyrocketing up, at least Chase's board, definitely a guy to pay attention to because who knows where his ceiling is. It could be very high. Yeah, he's one of the youngest players in this draft class. Him and Luke Hughes are two guys that are super young, Super also happen to be both left shot defensemen that are great offensively. Um, you know, you want to take it. If those guys show any promise, you draft them. Especially like Nick Robertson is the prime example. This you know this kid was the young. I don't know if it was the actual youngest player that was drafted, but he was one of the if if not the actual. And I mean we've seen what he's doing now. He's a very legitimate you know NHL star prospect. Uh, there's no reason he should have won in the second round. It was a joke that he did. I was hammering him to be a first round pick. You know from the get go, you can clearly tell you know like that age difference in junior hockey is so large. A 17-year-old to a 19-year-old is night and day. So if you can dominate being that young, it, it really is a sign that you need to take a chance on that kid. And Chase, I looked up your next defenseman, and it looks like he's a re-entry. Yeah, he's actually the oldest player in the draft class. Fun fact of the day. Yeah, uh, Yanis Moser, we're, uh, he is an interesting case. So he was someone who was kind of on uh, NHL radars like in the last cycle, but not very high. Like He wasn't someone who was ever going to look like he was going to actually be drafted um, but he was someone like, you know, he's maybe he can make it to the NHL one day, Rafael Diaz type of guy where, you know, he, he's a, he's a Swiss defenseman. He kind of works his way up in the pro system, develops and makes it to the NHL for a little bit. Everything changes here. He exploded offensively. He captained his team at 20 years old in the top Swiss league. Uh, he was a, you know, a true like breakout player. If you've ever seen one, uh, he's someone, he's a true two way D man. He's someone who's going to play power, play a penalty kill. Uh, he's clearly a leader if he's a captain of a, of a pro hockey team at 20 years old. Uh, he jumped from 9 points to 40 games last year to 30 points to 48 games this year. And the Swiss League's not an easy league to score in. It's a pretty low-scoring league. So to see that jump from a young defenseman 
it, it's really telling. Um, he's not someone you should necessarily be, you know, taking first, second, third round. But, like, fourth round and after, I mean, this is the ultimate player that, that you draft. You can leave him back in Switzerland for another two years. You can watch that development, and then he can come over. Maybe he needs a year in the American League. Maybe he's ready to go. Um, the, the, just the jump in production and really, like, just the refinement of his game is 100% worth the draft pick. Do you know where you have him ranked in your... Uh, have you done like a top 100 list or, or where you would put So him? I'm still finalizing my top 100, but odds are he would be right on that edge if, if I had to um, just guess all said and done. Okay, because I, I even see on Elite Prospects, someone had him ranked as number 25. So to have a guy that is a 21-year-old oldest in the draft class to be a guy that goes second, third round, that's that's a huge jump. Yeah, like he he's someone who's, you know... It, only players that like that are this old that can enter the draft are um, Europeans, and that's for a reason because develops a little different and systems blah blah blah. But yeah, he he's someone who has a hundred percent made that case, and he's someone that he will. I guarantee you, he'll be drafted. Like there's no chance that he's not drafted. Put it that way. And then our next name, we're gonna move on to forwards here. A very familiar name if you were paying attention to this draft uh, a year ago. And that's, is it Atu Ratty or Atu Ratu? It is Atu Ratu. That's weird. It's it's R A T Y. It is weird, um, you know, a little confusing, but man, how the mighty have fallen. Alturato was looked at as a consensus first-round pick for really a couple seasons. You know, this is a problem with the NHL draft. There's, you really shouldn't be projecting guys out this far. You know, like we always talk about Matthew Mishkov, Connor Bedard, how special they are. Um, you know, like, and I think those guys are like exceptions to the rule, but you don't know how 15, 16, 17 olds are going to develop. And we've kind of seen this with Alturato. He's really struggled to kind of put together his game in the Finnish leagues um, these last two seasons. You know, he came on into the Finnish league as a 16-year-old and showed some great promise, you know, had four points for 12 games. It's like, all right, this kid's going to take a huge jump. Uh, he's going to be a 30-point guy in his draft year. He's going to be a top, you know, overall pick. He's going to be fantastic. Well, he had to go spend some time in, in the U-20 league. When he was playing in the men's league, he struggled pretty mightily. Um, it, what the reason is, I don't know. Uh, I think it's just kind of a development curve. He's an older player in this class too, which is a little more concerning. But at the end of the day, I see a lot of stuff. I, I see a lot in his skill set that proves me he's going to be a guaranteed middle six, you know, NHL center or winger. I think he'll be good enough to play center, but if you need to play winger, that's perfectly fine too. Uh, he's got enough offensive tools. He's got good enough hands where he's going to be able to provide offensively. And he's a he's a 200-foot player. He works hard. He's someone who's going to be reliable defensively, um, especially in this draft class. He's someone that, like you want to make sure to get because if you can get a guaranteed player out of what looks like a weak class, you, you can't really pass on that. I think he's ranked too low, and I actually have him ranked at number ten in my total rankings, which is higher than most people. Yeah, and it's crazy to think because I've seen a lot of people, and I actually have it here pulled up on Elite Prospects. You got a ranking of fifteen, twenty, seventeen, eighteen, twenty-eight by Bob McKenzie. Uh, 23 by Craig Button, and a, a bunch really sitting in that late teens, uh, early to mid-20s. And I think that leaves a lot of people with a sour taste in their mouth, thinking this guy should be the first overall pick. And then he comes around to his actual draft year, and it's, oh man, he's not as good. But like Chase was saying, he's going to be an NHLer. So even though he leaves a sour taste in your mouth, that shouldn't stop you from drafting a guy who should have a role in the NHL for many years to come. 100%. And the thing I hate about the NHL draft nowadays, you know, like I love to see young kids get into the NHL because it's cool for them. It's, you know, a quicker realization of your lifelong goal. 
But let these kids develop. The reason the Red Wings had a lot of success when they developed into were drafting guys is because they let them just sit and grow. And in Tampa, we've really been seeing the same thing recently. You know, Ross Colton is, is an older player, you know, in, in his mid-20s at this point, you know, coming on to the NHL. Alex Barbelay is going to finally get his chance next season, it looks like. Taylor Radish, second-round pick. He was given time to develop. You got to let these guys grow. Atu he's going to need two seasons, at least, if not three seasons. I would not be surprised. Hell, if he really had to go four, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't care if you spend a first-round pick on a guy that can play 15 years for you. If if he can't play those 15 years until he's 22, whoop do you do It's still 15 good NHL seasons. Right. And now, Chase, we move on to another guy that you and I are very familiar with. And if anyone is out there that plays NHL, you'll be familiar with this guy as well. And I think it was two years ago... Uh, Atu Ratu was always the first overall pick. This guy was always the second overall pick. Fabian Lysel, not projected to go second overall anymore. I don't know if he ever was outside of the NHL game, um, but a, a guy who is still tremendously skilled and should be a first-rounder. Yeah, talk about a player with a mixed bag. Um, I've seen some very high rankings for Fabian Lysel. I've seen some very low rankings. At the end of the day, I think he's going to end up in that lower side than higher side. But if you want a guy who skates incredibly well is just a pure goal scorer just a pure offensive threat um you know like uh, Fabian Lysel's that dude he's just a dominant offensive factor uh he's got solid size too at 510 172 you know something like amazing but to be a true you know like dynamic winger that's not a surprising size at all uh I, I love everything about, about Fabian Lysel's game he's someone who's probably you know only a year or two guy out from the NHL for me from the way I watch him play um, I, I think it'd be criminal if he falls outside of the, even the top half of the first round, and I think it's almost guaranteed that he does from what I've been seeing so far. Uh, he's going to be an incredible value for whoever the hell gets him. I just It feels like a Carolina pick for me. Like Carolina last year, they got um, that Goonler in the fourth round. I, I just feel like the same type of thing is going to happen. They're going to they're gonna get Fabian Lysel cheap in the first round just for the hell of it. I think it'd be cool. I, I, I like Fabian Lysel a lot. I, but then again, any European player that has a lot of skill – Hard not to like him. So uh, we'll have to see where Fabian Lysel lands. But uh, Chase, next up, Sasha Pastajov. Yeah, so this is someone who, funny enough, um, I can't. I really apologize. I can never remember the dude's Twitter handle. Um, but he tweets out a lot of stuff about like NHL star probability. He has this um, model that he uses, and it predicts the odds of being a star. Sasha Pastajov has the fourth highest percentage of being a star in this draft class. They, you know, they combine like size. Um, traits, your production in different leagues, uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. So Sasha Pashov is just in a he's an elite offensive player for the for the NTDP. He scored a lot of points this year, you know, sixty five points in forty one games with thirty goals. He's just someone who is just he, I, I'm I'm not calling him Sidney Crosby, but it's like Sidney Crosby where if you need Crosby to score fifty goals, like he can. If you need him to put up eighty assists, he can. It's like you know tone it down a lot, of course, but that's the type of player Pashov is. He's just a good offensive player. Um, he's someone who I really don't why I, I don't understand why he's under like ranked as low as he is. He's almost guaranteed to be a late first round pick, if not into the second round. Sometimes uh, he's got a fantastic shot. He's got he shoots at NHL level already. He skates at NHL level already. He just got to, you know, physically develop a little bit more, even though he's got good size, just, you know, add a little more strength. Um, and then just kind of refine his game, and he'll be a pretty quick-hitting player from this draft class. And a good old American boy playing college hockey. Uh, Chase, how do you look at college players versus European players versus CHL players? What's the difference in uh, the way players are able to dominate? Obviously, we would know that 
if you're dominating in a European men's league, that's more impressive than playing in the CHL. But when you're comparing overall, how big is the difference? I think every legitimate prospect should go play in the CHL when it gets onto it. You know, I work in junior hockey, work for our North American Hockey League team, and I, you know, of course, I, w- I want guys to play junior hockey. So I think junior hockey, whether it's the CHL, whether it's the USHL, whether it's the BCHL, whether it's the North American League, whether it's Tier 3, I don't care. That type of hockey is the closest to the pro game you're going to find to the North American pro game. You know, European pro game is a little different, bigger ice. Uh, it's a little less physical. It's a lot more about finesse and systems. Um, and then college hockey there's such a large age difference that it's a lot of the older guys trying to physically dominate the younger guys or the younger guys that are just so good that they're just clearly better than everybody else. So I'm a big fan of going to play junior hockey. Even if you go on and play college hockey, you know, like I would recommend, you know, guys sticking through juniors until they're 20 years old. Um, I I think junior hockey is the best tool for setting you up for success, whether it, no matter what level it is, Um, even guys in Europe, you know, like, I think I think Atteratu would benefit heavily from playing junior hockey for two years. Is it going to happen? No, there's zero chance. But I think he would honestly benefit more than that than playing a bottom six role for his finished team. Right. All right, Chase. Last player we want to talk about another re-entry and a son of an absolute legend in the hockey scene. Yeah. So Josh Doan is my favorite re-entry player in this draft class. Um, this, if I was if I had a room for one player to be a first round pick as a re-entry player, it's Josh Doan. Very clearly. Uh, I mean, his jump in production from between two seasons, he had 14 points to 45 games with the Chicago Steel uh, last season. Then the season that just happened, all of a sudden, 70 points to 53 with 31 goals. Uh, he's like, I don't want to say like call him Zach Hyman, but it's like it's that kind of player where it's a, you know, a strong, tenacious two-way game, but with offensive flair. Uh, you know, a very safe top nine forward. He can play up and down your lineup. He's going to be useful in the power play penalty kill. Uh, someone who is, you know, he's probably a couple seasons out from the NHL as well. Let him go play college hockey for two, three years, whatever you need him to do. But he's a like a legitimate NHL prospect after last year being kind of underwhelming. Uh, I love Josh Doan so much. I'm going to be rooting very hard for our Tampa Bay Lightning or my second favorite team, Detroit Red Wings, to draft him. Uh, you know, if one of those two guys get him or two teams get him, I'll be very happy because it's going to pay off very well in the long run. And I mean, he's got great guidance. Shane Doan, captain of the Arizona Coyotes, the most legendary player out of that franchise. It's going to be easy for him to get through some of the tougher situations because he has such a great backstop. And then this year, going over to Arizona State to play some college hockey. So going to be excited to watch him and the rest of these players. Um, That's it for the prospects we wanted to cover on this show. If you are interested in learning more about some of the guys, make sure to go to Chase's Twitter at Chaudos or even just put it on Bolt's broadcast. He'll answer there. Um, Ask him what he thinks about a certain player. He'll let you know. And then make sure to check out his list of his his rankings, official rankings, and then we're also going to put his mock draft out there. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and the draft is only two days away from when we're recording, only one day away from when this episode comes out. It's going to be a very exciting time, but that is it. We're going to move to Hockey Name of the Day now, and I don't know if this guy is a, a draft eligible, um, but it is a name that isn't fun. We've got uh, Anton's... I always do this. I always say the first name because the first name is easy and then I can never get the last name. Uh, I don't want to call him Trash. That's rude. <laughs> it's Tr- not his name either. Trash DeSankovs. That's pretty good. They nailed yeah. it. I nailed it. Don't even don't even give me that little head bob. No, like- Anton's Trash DeSankovs. 
There you go. Trash Trash Shankovs. It, it's it's solid, but the problem is it's it's an S H. It's Trash Shankovs. Are you calling a- a- trash? <laughs> no. Wow. No, Trasta Shankov is how it's pronounced. But there's no H. There is no H, but that's how it's pronounced. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but our boy Anton's, we'll call him Anton, you know, the, when you translate it to English, it drops the S at the end of the name, so it becomes, you know, just Anton and um, Trasta, Trasta Shankov. There we go. Um, so Anton's, he's, he's a Latvian, uh, 21 years old, a, a decent player, not, nothing too, like, incredible. Uh, he has some KHL action in him from a couple years ago. He'll be in the Alps League this year. He'll he'll have a pretty big role in the Alps League, which is um like the which is an like an Austrian, Italian, Slovenian league. I think those are the three countries that play in the Alps League currently. Um, you know, he's a fine player at at six one two twelve. You know, he'll play internationally for Latvia at some point. I'm guessing he's got some skill, but it's not like he's some like game breaking talent. Hey, I love Latvian players. Christian Zulavs, yes. legendary goalie for the Tampa Bay Lightning, Christers. Could you imagine if he panned out like Vasilevsky did and he's just going off right now? I mean, it wasn't him even panning out. Like, he wasn't like a legitimate goalie prospect anytime. He just had that awesome game against Team Canada, made everybody want to root for him because he was still, you know, up until he was drafted, he was using hand me down pads. He never owned his actual own pair of goalie pads until Tampa drafted him and bought him a pair. Like, like that, like that shit's so cool. You love rooting for that because it's such like a, a hockey minority country. They don't off, offer a lot of resources to it. Um, so, you know, like seeing guys like that succeed, you, you obviously root heavily for it. Um, but yeah, he wasn't like a goalie prospect at any point. Did he play any postseason games for Tampa? I feel like when they went on, I think it was 2014 or 2015, um, when they still had Ben Bishop, I feel like Ben Bishop or their backup got injured or something and he was able to see some ice time. I could be wrong. Uh, I know he has played some regular season games for him, but I feel like I remember seeing him in a playoff game and rooting for him. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember to be honest. I'm trying. I'm going back to look and see right now. Um, yeah, so in thirteen fourteen, that was when he like first made the jump to North America and ended up getting in an NHL game in the regular season. Apparently, he was in two games in the playoffs um, with one loss and played like okay. I don't even, I don't even remember that. I'm surprised you remember that. <laughs> How don't I? It's my favorite goalie of all time. No, not actually, but Christer's Goodlevskis, just amazing performance for Latvia. And since then, I have just hyped him up so much. I've been his biggest hype man. If he wants to come on the show anytime, we'd love to have him. And it also annoys Chase how much I love him. So it makes it even better. I mean, yeah, of course, we'd love to have him. I, I like him, too. I still, I still root for him. It'd be cool to see him make some sort of comeback to the NHL somehow. Um, but just... This this Olympic line, he only played in two games. He must they must have split with whoever the other goalie was. But he had a three five three goals against. You know that's disappointing. But a nine twenty save percentage with that goals against is just a stupid number. It is, it is stupid. Yeah. Holy <laughs> hell. <laughs> that's why he's so good. That's why that's why we love him over here on the Bolts broadcast. But we that know. is it. And we we weren't even talking about him. But you know the the Latvia got me sidetracked. Um, either way. Cool name there for Anton's. Um, that's it for the show. Chase, hit him with an outro. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to check us out on Patreon, support us that way. We'd appreciate it. Not required. Just another way to get some extra content. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, that is at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, follow WMP on Twitter at WMP Sports Pod. That's WMP Sports Pod. I believe when this episode releases, the giveaway will eventually be started. So make sure you go check out our Twitter, especially too, to get in on that giveaway. Um, I don't want to spoil any de- details in case it isn't, and then I'll get yelled at. 
but um, I'm pretty sure it, it begins when this episode releases. So make sure to go to our Twitter and check that out. Uh, go to the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. Find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom, click the logo. Well, this is an easy peasy lemon squeezy. There's also a variety of blogs. Make sure to check those out. Uh, wherever you're listening, if you can rate us five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns. You know, we really appreciate it. And whatever you do, you know, don't forget to use code THPN when you sign for DraftKings. Draft is soon. Draft is Friday. Get ready. I know we're pumped over here. We'll talk about it on next Monday's episode. We'll talk to you guys soon.